There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy, and you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. I'm Emily, and I am too scared to watch scary movies. (laughs) <laughs> I'm Henley. I'm also too scared. And I also want to do a quick disclaimer that it's pretty noisy around my apartment right now because of my neighbors. And I apologize in advance if you hear that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, oh, and um, there's, I will, I, we got to finish, but there's someone mowing my lawn right now outside, <laughs> apparently, too. So yeah. um, this episode is going to suck. <laughs> Sorry, who are you? Who are you, Sammy? My name is Sammy. <laughs> And I like watching scary movies, and I like telling these two scaredy cats all about all about them. And what's the noise level like where you're at? It's actually, there's someone rolling um, a trash can behind me, so okay. it's also noisy. So, sorry. Great. It's a noisy app. This is what you're going to get. Um, aside from noise, what's up, what's up with us? Um, you guys, I sold my car this week. Oh, nice. <gasps> you did it. I did it. It was really easy, to be completely honest. I mean, I think I, I knew I didn't want to have to sell it to another human because that's stressful in terms mm-hmm. of negotiating. And also, you I know, sold it back to a dealership. I know nothing about cars. Um, well, I didn't want to do that either because car dealerships notoriously oh, they rip give you, you off. like, yeah, they totally yeah. rip you off. Um, so a nice happy medium is and a good process for anyone who's considering selling their car um, is I went to CarMax and got an appraisal and then they gave me an offer. Then I took that offer to um, a, a basically like a regional CarMax, like a smaller chain. This one is called Bidlane and they have like a few different ones around California and they just like will automatically exceed the CarMax offer. They like do an appraisal and they will give you more money. Well, it was so easy. It was like not complicated at all. And also I felt so much more comfortable doing it with that in like that situation instead of having to like... It was like so much faster, especially right now. Like you don't want to deal with like somebody coming to check out your car. Like there's no... Yeah. Yeah. It's just too complicated right now. So um, it was so fast. Uh, Honestly, the whole experience at Bidlane, probably I was in and out of there in like, like 40 minutes. Nice. It was Whoa. crazy. It was so fast. And then I didn't have a car anymore. And I was like, holy shit. Congrats. No no more car. Congratulations. Well, wait, wait off my shoulders. <laughs> um, well, Emily and I both did a thing this week. We went on another podcast in Australia. <gasps> you guys, I'm it was so, so excited. Cool. <laughs> um, the Zoom pod has really opened up a lot of possibilities all things us. are possible now all things are possible um but yeah except re- for seeing my friends yeah <laughs> that would be cool um we're gonna become international podcast stars because of you guys correct yes yes we are 
but yeah, the podcast was called Spooko and it was really fun. And what's the concept behind Spooko? It's similar to ours, Henley. That's how we very met similar. They Ooh. do a a little chat and then a Wikipedia synopsis. So theirs is much faster than ours. They're basically like the the quicker version of us. Just really the running quicker through. Australian male version. And there's only two Ooh. of them, so it's smaller. Ooh. But they are great Ooh. and they're, they're so great. fun. And it was I just couldn't get over that we were doing it. At like 8 p.m. our time, California, the next day, midday, Australia. And it was so easy. They just sent a link and I just did everything I do for this podcast and was like, oh, OK, great. Now we're doing a podcast in Australia. And that's just like what what we're doing right now. Wow. It was cool. It was cool. Wow. It, wow. <laughs> and now we have Australian friends, which is all we've ever all we've ever wanted. Oh, my God. It's so true. Um, So peach and peach and shag. Shout out. Um, I also finished renovating. Renovating feels like too big a word um, for what I did, but for lack of a better word, renovating <laughs> my kitchen. What would you call that? Redecorating it? Um, redoing? I don't know. I, re- Seems- I redid it. Yeah, I didn't like renovate it. I painted some things and like put up shelves. <laughs> it's like between a redecorating and a renovating. It's it it's, is between. It's what, more we need to find a word for that. There was some gentle construction that happened. There was some, some gentle construction. I put up a backsplash. <laughs> I put up some shelves. It looks really good. Thank you. I really like it. Um, and it is also really sad that I'm like, well, I mean, I did it because I'm staring at my kid. I mean, like staring at my own apartment all the time. But I'm also like, and no one can come see. I know. <laughs> but I mean, eventually, right? I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about this week's movie. <gasps> The winner of the second chance bracket. Second chance. Was Rosemary's Baby. Came out in 1968. Directed by Roman Polanski. Written by Roman Polanski. Based on a novel by Ira Levin. Starring Mia Farrow, John Cassavetes, Ruth Gordon, Sidney Blackmer, and Maurice Evans. And... It is very good. I went through quite a crisis in this movie um, about whether or not... I I don't feel like I'm great at separating art from the artist. um, And I don't know that you should be great at it. So It's a very complicated issue. It is. Um, But it is also not, right? Like, we shouldn't support terrible people, but... Something like this is a classic and it's been around a long time and it's like, yeah. I have, I have so many thoughts about this, you guys. It makes me so angry, honestly. I, I mean, it is. It's, Polanski- it's disgusting. He's a rapist. He was a pedophile rapist. Of a child, yeah. Yeah. And he admitted it. He admitted it. And was convicted of it and then fled the country and then was still making fucking movies, stills making movies and won an Academy Award for the pianist in 2003. Yeah. He won, he won a, um, a French, I can't remember, Caesar Award, I think is the name of the award for best director just last year in 2019, which is like insane to me. Um, and that was for a movie that's apparently about a man that is wrongfully persecuted. And I just, oh my God, I just can't understand how, I I mean, this movie was in 1968 before any of this happened. And so I feel like if maybe when it all happened, he had gone to jail and was still in jail and was paying the appropriate price for his crimes, 
maybe I could uh, reckon with it. Reckon with that a little yeah. more. Um, but I yeah, it just really makes me really sick that he's still not only not in prison, but like still being celebrated with awards mm-hmm. and like what the fuck is happening? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think I think there's a difference between wanting to completely like eliminate the art that has been created by someone like this. Um, it's not that because obviously Rosemary's baby, I have never seen it obviously, but, Mm -hmm. um, Rosemary's baby. He also did, um, what was the other one that, uh, Uh, Chinatown, Chinatown. Yeah. Chinatown. Like clearly he's created these uh, like kind of timeless, um, um, amazing movies that people love and have been so influential yeah yeah and so it's not like you it's not like we're supposed to just pretend they don't exist anymore but like why the fuck are we letting this guy still like live a normal life and be like praised in the way that he is it's pretty unacceptable i mean I don't know how he's gotten this fucking free pass. It's like because his reckoning was in 77 and nobody gave a shit back then. I guess he's just somehow come out unscathed. Uh, it's uh, Quentin Tarantino said on a in a Howard Stern interview in 2003 that she, Christine Gaiman or whatever, like wanted to have sex with him, that it was consensual. Right. And that's like that's like a very oh, common yeah. narrative is that like she wanted to have sex with him. Also, just like obviously we know this, we all know this. Hopefully, everyone listening knows this. Um, children can't consent to a sexual activity. Thirteen year old can't. Cannot. Doesn't tell matter. You. Doesn't matter. Nope. Doesn't matter. Nope. They're a child. Nope. Doesn't nope. matter. Nope. No excuse ever. 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 <sighs> ever. Yeah, it's wild. It's just really you know crazy. Just cover that cover bases there boils my blood the only way that this kind of behavior will stop ultimately is if people get pissed off about it and if people assist if like society chooses to condemn these bad actors which i feel like even after the me too movement we're still not fully there um yeah i mean it's a huge no nowhere close it's a huge thing i mean there's so much embedded into all history and all aspects of art like picasso michael jackson like they're just everywhere these men bill cosby lol yeah we we value the this like male genius quote unquote or like look what they have to offer us as if that outweighs what has been taken from the victims of these people and what continues to be taken when they're not held accountable yeah um so watching this movie was an exercise in i don't know a lot of things for me it was just a really complicated viewing experience yeah can i add another layer to this that Mm -hmm. is very different but is another layer that could maybe help us in speaking about this movie potentially Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so remember when i went and did a past lives reading that i told you guys about and i also talked about it on the pod yeah yeah how could i forget well one of my spirit guides in this life, apparently, is Ruth Gordon, the actress from this movie. <laughs> you said your spirit guide was Ruth Gordon, and I thought you just meant you liked her. She is a literal No, she's she is like watching oh she's part of my team. She watches Wait, over my journey in this life. Oh my life. god. Wow. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, she's fucking awesome. Yeah, she's on she's on my team. 
Hell yeah. I don't yeah. know anything about Ruth Gordon. I'm going to Wikipedia her right Look now. Look her up. She's fucking cool. She's Maud in Harold and Maud, correct? Yeah. Yeah, her also, she she won an Oscar for this, right? Yes, I was going to say, yeah, she she's, that's the only Oscar this movie won. It was nominated for Best Screenplay, and then she won Best Supporting Actress. Her acceptance speech is really cool. Ooh, she's I'm like going to check it out. She's and, like funny and she's cool. That's the, okay, yeah, so that's the thing is that I think what I'm, what I kind of arrived at is I can try to appreciate the other people that were involved and while at the same time, you know, n- never forgetting that this director raped a 13 year old when he was 43. Like, I feel like I, it's always it, like there's no moment where I'm watching it being like, wow, a perfect film. No problems with it. <laughs> like it's always in the back of my mind. And that's just how my viewing experience went. Complicated. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't I wonder if it's OK that I blew up Ruth's spot as relates to me. I don't know how these things work, but. Anyway, Ooh. thanks. Thank you, Ruth. I don't know. Thank you. Love you, Ruth. I love you. <laughs> love, I really love do. You, Ruth. Oh boy, I don't know about you guys, but I need a cocktail. So let's get into cocktail hour. This week's cocktail is a rosemary gimlet. To make this cocktail, you will need two ounces of gin, three quarters an ounce of fresh lime juice, and three quarters an ounce of rosemary syrup. To make the rosemary syrup, you'll just heat equal parts water and sugar in a small saucepan and add in some chopped fresh rosemary leaves. Boil it until the sugar is completely dissolved and then strain out the rosemary leaves. Once you have that, you'll combine all the ingredients in a cocktail shaker with ice and then strain into a chilled coupe glass and garnish with a sprig of rosemary. Cheers. Um, okay, some trivia for us. Let's do some trivia! Uh, um, um, William Castle, who is the film's producer, he bought the rights to the book that it is based on. He wanted to direct it himself, but then eventually was convinced to let Roman Polanski direct. And he believes, William Castle believes that the film was cursed. Oh, I love this shit when horror movies are cursed. Someone afterwards got really bad gallstones, which he believed was related. And then, Definitely demon related. <laughs> and then, and then um, someone else went into a coma and died. Um, oh, a little Jesus. more compelling. And then obviously Sharon Tate was murdered a murdered. few years later. Roman Polanski's wife. Like the a year after it came out, right? Yeah, I think 69? this came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 69, that's right. Um, a thing that I like as the editor is that the rough cut of this movie, the the Roman Polanski cut was over four hours long and he like didn't know, he like didn't know how to deal with it. So he just let the editor do it. He was like, you do whatever you need to do to make it like roughly two hours. And so I guess the editor did it all himself and then went on to direct the sequel. Did you guys know there's a sequel? <gasps> I didn't. Wow. The editor directed the sequel. Yeah. Isn't that kind of fun? Oh, that is cool. Another interesting thing is that so Mia Farrow was, I think. 21, 22, when she was making this movie-ish. Wow, that's young. And she was married to Frank Sinatra, and he filed for divorce while they were filming this movie because it ran over schedule by five weeks, and he told her to walk walk off the set and that he, like, needed her for his movie or something. And she was like, no, I'm not done with this movie. And she wouldn't walk off the set. And so he filed for divorce. 
<laughs> Very cool. That sounds like a fun relationship. Yeah. It was a quick one. I think they were only married for two years. Why do celebrities get married? Yeah, why bother? Let's follow Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell's oh. lead. Don't get married. Matthew Reese and Carrie Russell. Mm. Another Russell, unrelated, but you know. <laughs> They're doing it right. They're doing it right. Um, that's all I got. So let's watch the trailer. Let's watch the trailer. Are you aware that the Bradford had rather an unpleasant reputation around the turn of the century? Awful things happen in every apartment house. She seemed so happy and full of... She said wonderful things about you and your husband. This is for you, for Roman and me. Sometimes I think they're too friendly and helpful. Guy, I have a pain. I'm so afraid the baby's gonna die. Pain like that is a warning that something isn't right. Whoa. That looks terrifying. It was so unsettling. The movie is definitely unsettling. Ooh, okay. I'm cu- so curious. I wanna know I wanna know everything that happens, obviously. Um, I feel like not to keep bringing up the Roman Polanski thing, but it is kind of a shame that it that there there hasn't been more movies about pregnancy in this way. You know, I feel yeah. like pregnancy is rife for a lot of conversation yeah. and a lot of art. You know, but yeah. I, like, why is it that Roman Polanski is the one who's made like one of the best movies about it? <laughs> It's a big bummer. Not that it's actually about that, but it's like it's a big bummer. It's taking it's you know it's using a, a very female experience and, and that's the thing is capitalizing on it, it so successfully. And yeah, that's the thing is that it does it really well, and it does feel like a kind of feminist movie in a way, which is just such a fucking crazy thing to have to deal with. What a mind fuck! Yeah, it's really wild. <laughs> Truly, um, it is based on a book, so we can maybe. He, yeah, he didn't come up with it. Yeah. Um, but let's get into it. Let's get into it. I'm I'm eager. It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet. So you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. 
And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary, code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, So right away, it's good. (laughs) The, the The opening titles are... You know, the little creepy lullaby that we you heard in the trailer with kind of sweeping shots of New York City and this hot pink cursive text of the, the titles and just the aesthetics of that already. I was like, OK, I like this. <laughs> um, 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 OK, so then we meet our protagonist. Rosemary Woodhouse is her name um, and she her husband's name is Guy. And they are looking at an apartment in New York City in a building called the Bramford. And they kind of make reference to, I don't know if they're newlyweds per se, but they they are kind of talking about how they want to have a baby soon. They're looking for a bigger place. Um, they're sweet with each other. And they look at this apartment. The man who's showing them the apartment says the previous tenant just died. It was an 86-year-old woman. She was in a coma for a while and then she died and Rosemary says she didn't die in the house, did she? Um, and then she says, I guess it doesn't matter. And he says, no, no, he, she, she died in a hospital, nothing like that. And he's giving her a tour, giving them a tour of this house, which is beautiful. Everything in this movie is very beautiful. The, the costumes, the set design, it's, it's all lovely. Makes you want to be real rich. <laughs> mm, would be great. <laughs> that sounds nice. It it looks nice. <laughs> so he's while while he's giving her giving them this tour, um, they see that the woman was growing a bunch of herbs. There's like a herb garden, like a ton of ton of herbs, <laughs> like a crazy amount. And it's like kind of gross in there because it's all her stuff, and so it like it's like old kind of dusty things and a little overcrowded. But you can tell it has potential. It's gonna be nice. It's got character. Oh, and she's saying things like, oh, this can be the baby's room and with some yellow and white wallpaper, like that'll really brighten this up. Like they got big plans. That's like my favorite John Mulaney. Sorry, my favorite John Mulaney um, line in his stand up when he's talking about him and his wife going to look at houses and the real estate agents keep being like, and here's a closet or a nursery. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, we're not having kids anytime soon. And they're like... This is like the back alley where you can keep the trash cans or have a nursery. Or a nursery. (laughs) 
It really makes me laugh. That's okay, really sorry. Funny. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's another like horror trope is this idea of like, ugh. This new beginning. So much potential. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, ooh, look at us setting out. Everything ahead of us. Especially with real estate. Especially <laughs> yeah. with real estate. Especially with real estate. Um, so the, the guy giving them the tour notices at the end of a hallway, there's kind of a wardrobe pushed awkwardly in this space. And he says, that's odd. There's a closet back there. Like, why is this wardrobe pressed up against this closet? Has Guy help him? They pull it away. They open the closet. It's just a just a closet. It has a vacuum cleaner and some old towels and stuff. And they're like, oh, pretty weird. We'll take it. <laughs> 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 so they decide they'll take it. And then they go to, to tell their previous landlord, whose name is Hutch, who you can tell they've lived there for a while. They love Hutch. Hutch says, like, oh, I considered telling him that you were horrible tenants just so I could keep you all to myself, something like that, something sweet. Like you can tell that they really like Hutch. And um, then they, they're having dinner with Hutch and he says, you know, the Bradford, uh, oh, sorry, excuse me, Bramford building has a lot of weird stories um, of things that have happened there. Kind of a suspicious history. There was a man named Adrian Mercado, who was like a witch at one point that lived there and like uh, was said to have raised Satan and they would some like found a dead body there. And they <laughs> can you be a male witch or are you I a guess warlock? So. I think you're just supposed to be a warlock. That was an oversight, <laughs> not to nitpick or anything, but <laughs> no, I think that's fair. I think you're supposed to be a warlock. And he says there's like some sisters that died there, something I can't remember. But he like says a few examples of weird things that happened there. And they're like, okay. <laughs> Who cares? We don't care. Cut to the moving in, happy and excited. And it's like a little montage of them painting, putting up wallpaper, making it really, really beautiful. Again, it is gorgeous in there. <laughs> and then Rosemary's doing laundry in the basement there's no laundry in the apartment so you have to go down to this spooky spooky basement and there's a woman in there also doing her laundry and she introduces herself to her like oh and you were new neighbors and she says sorry i thought you were victoria vetri the actress and the woman says oh i get that a lot my name's terry the woman is played by victoria vetri the actress that's her actual name kind of cheeky <laughs> Cheeky. so cute cute this movie's gonna be fun yeah it's fun <laughs> i can tell um but she says terry uh terry genofrio is her name and she lives on whatever floor with a couple called the castavets and rosemary says oh um we just bought the house uh or the apartment right next to you they used to be one apartment they used to be joined and she says oh you bought uh, the old woman's house. Yeah, she used to grow a lot of herbs for the Castavets. They used to um, use her herbs in all their cooking. And she says, actually, Mrs. Castavets made me this good luck charm with some of the herbs. It's called Tannis Root, and it like smells pretty weird, but it's a good good luck charm, and it's really sweet of them, and they're really good to me, the Castavets. You're going to love them. Um, they basically took me in off the street I was an addict. I was, pr I'd probably be dead without them, basically. And then 
we go back later that day. Rosemary and Guy are kind of fooling around. They're happy. They're having a good time. They've got a new beautiful house. Uh, and they're kind of making out in bed. And they hear a weird chanting. And they're like, huh. Kind of look around. Where's that coming from? What is that? <laughs> now, this chanting. <laughs> Where's this chanting coming is it, from? Is it singing chanting? Is it is it like, mo- sounds like monks? It's like, is a, it- it's like a group of people... <laughs> or like say, saying words it's a different language for sure it's not it's you can't understand what they're saying like uh-huh, a satan- uh-huh, uh-huh. like a satanic so gregorian chant you might say a satanic type chant cool you might so they they literally are just listening to it and then we cut straight to later that night but okay we don't care we're rich <laughs> <laughs> what's there to care about cuts to later that night they are walking home they have been out so they're walking back to the the Bramford and there's a big commotion outside of their building there's police there there's a big crowd gathered around they kind of walk up and push through the police are like okay you can't go in here and they push through anyways they see Terry on the floor her head smashed she has jumped from the seventh floor window whoa oh okay that's surprising. Um, they're really shocked. Rosemary's crying. Guy's trying to comfort her. They're kind of talking to the police like, we know her. This is crazy. She just, we were just, she was just talking to her earlier today. Something like that. And then we meet the Castavets, who is who she was living with. And they, they, are, they walk up also returning from a night out, I suppose. <laughs> and um, they approach and someone says, you know, brace yourself for some horrible news your lodger terry has killed herself she is she is she's dead and they're like no 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 that's impossible and the wife mrs castavetz walks up to take she's like no it's not gonna be her like it can't be her that's impossible um but they come but she comes up mrs castavetz takes a look at the body and sees that it is terry She's upset. Um, her husband is now trying to comfort her. And Rosemary kind of reaches out to her and is kind to her and says, I feel the same way you do. I just spoke to her. She seemed totally happy. And she said she spoke really highly of you. I just want you to know that she was really, really grateful um, for you guys taking her in. And and everyone's a little, you know, shocked. So they, I guess, go back to their room. We cut to a later scene. They're them back in their rooms. And Rosemary is shaken by the events of the evening. And as she's falling asleep, she starts to have nightmares. Um, And we hear Mrs. Castavet's voice. But as she's kind of half dreaming... Rosemary is seeing it as coming from a nun's mouth and Ooh. something that we learn is that she's like a for she grew up Catholic she's not really Catholic anymore but there's some layer here of her kind of having some some thoughts about the church it doesn't get too into it I'm not gonna get too into it <laughs> but I'll mention it I feel like there's a lot of details in this movie that I'll probably skip over because it's it's also a movie that I think probably gets more fun with each rewatch because mm. it's really there's a lot there's a lot of little nuggets in there. Um so okay, so Rosemary's having these nightmares 
Um, and then the next day, Guy is out at work. By the way, I didn't mention Guy is an actor. Um, she was t- she's told the the realtor or whatever guy about it. So we've gotten a little bit of info that he is an actor. He's not super successful. He's been in two plays and some commercials. And so they're like, oh, maybe we've seen you. Maybe we haven't. He hasn't had his like big break yet. How are they affording How are this they apartment? Rich? I know. I know. That's <laughs> like a big question I have. Family money. Family money. Family money. Must be family money. When you don't know, it's family money or money laundering. But and like also, mm-hmm. if you can afford to be a struggling actor, you have family money. Yeah. <laughs> like. Um. So okay. So the next day, guy is out somewhere. I guess at an audition, perhaps. Rosemary is home alone, and Mrs. Castavets comes over. This is uh, Ruth Gordon, by the way. So she comes in, kind of loud, gregarious, and a little nosy she's like kind of leading herself in room to room she's like oh my god look what you've done with this room look what you've done with that room like i love this and she says oh how much was this chair and it's like an armchair and rosemary says oh i don't like about two hundred dollars and i was like in 1968 this chair was two hundred dollars I don't know. I don't know what this was. A, that's still my budget for an armchair. So I just was like, they must be fucking rich. <laughs> Super that's rich. crazy. Honestly, that would take me out of the film momentarily. I would just be like, wait, we got to pause and think about it for a second. Also, I love that you have an armchair budget. Sammy. <laughs> well, I just know that I've like <laughs> shopped for chairs before and anything over 200. I'm like, I would never. Yeah, furniture's expensive. So, so. In this conversation, she's like, my name's Minnie. My husband is Roman. Um, I'm so excited that you guys are next door neighbors. And oh, she says, she says, I really appreciate what you said about Terry. Um, We were really close and it's really hard um, losing her. She was like a daughter to us. And like, do you have any kids? And Rosemary's like, not yet. And like, we're we're going to once we get settled. We're probably going to start trying. We'd like to have three kids. And Minnie is like, oh, yeah, yeah, you'll you'll be a great mom. You're going to have lots of kids. I just know it. She says, can I have you guys over for dinner tonight? It's going to be the first night that we're alone, that Terry's not there. So it's going to be a little weird. So it'd be really nice to have someone else over for dinner. And Rosemary says, of course, of course, you can count on us. Like, I'll have to ask Guy, but you can count on us. So then Guy gets back from wherever he was, and later that afternoon, and Rosemary says, by the way, uh, the, the, the cast of Ets invited us to dinner, and I, I told them they could count on us, and that we'd be there. And he's like, ugh, Rosemary, why'd you do that? Once we like open this door, it's going to be tough to close, and they're going to be here all the time. They live right next door to us. They're like lonely old people. They're basically going to be like... <laughs> Like, we're not going to be able to get rid of him type of thing. He's not wrong. (laughs) My instinct always is to never, never talk to strangers, but especially strangers you live in close proximity with. Yeah. Which I think I'm like the problem with the human race. (laughs) Uh, Maybe we're just not as great at setting boundaries. And so I feel like maybe I'm like, I feel like I'm easy to walk all over. So you just don't let give them the chance. Mm, mm-hmm. That's it. That's that's what it is. It's that I am a doormat, so I don't even want let to let people like cross the thresholds yeah. because once they do, like I'm personally fucked. <laughs> yeah. 
I think that's a lot of people probably feel that same way. But Rosemary kind of says the same thing to him, like, this is our first night alone. And I told them they could count on us. And he kind of reluctantly agrees. He's like, okay, like, we'll go. That's fine. Um, So they go. And now the four of them are just kind of getting to know each other. They they learn that Rosemary is an ex-Catholic. Roman's like, oh, organized religion's bullshit. And Minnie's like, Roman, you're making her uncomfortable. Like, stop it. They're asking Guy about his acting. And he said, um, Roman says, like, you must have a big part coming up. And Guy says, I'm up for a few things, but who knows if I'll get them. And Roman says, I can't imagine you not getting them. Like, I think you're going to get them. And then they split off. The women go off and the men go off together. So Rosemary and Minnie are doing the dishes. Guy and Roman are smoking their cigar or whatever. Uh, Minnie is asking Rosemary about her, if she has brothers and sisters and do they have kids? And we find out that Rosemary has, I think, 17 nieces and nephews she's one of like seven kids and she says oh yeah we're a real fertile family wow they finish up doing the dishes and then rosemary's like okay it's time to go home and she she goes to grab guy and guy is talking to roman and looking like really really interested in what he's saying all of a sudden and he kind of has to be torn away he's like oh roman is just telling me so much interesting stuff and she's like okay well we got to go home and go to bed and so they do they say good say their goodbyes and when they get back to their apartment, Guy says, I'm going to I'm I'm going back over there tomorrow to like hear the rest of what Roman had to say. He's really changed his tune. Hmm. Suspicious. Does it feel suspicious? Yeah, it sounds suspicious. Yeah, it's suspicious. And okay. Rosemary's like, what? I didn't think you would want to do that. And he's like, well, you don't have to come with me. I can go alone. And she's like, yeah, I think I, I, I don't think I will go with you. Like, that doesn't sound fun to me. <laughs> um, so the next day, while Guy is over at his new best friend Roman's house, Minnie pops in to visit Rosemary. And she has a friend with her. And they come in and plop down on the couch and make themselves comfortable. They pull out their knitting. <laughs> <laughs> they both start. Oh, my God. So they're really com- getting comfortable. <laughs> they're really getting comfortable. They pull out their knitting and Minnie pulls out a a gift. She says, I wanted to give you this gift. This is from me and Roman. And Rosemary unwraps it. And it is the necklace that Terry was wearing that has mm. the, the urban side of it. And she says it's called Tannis Root, and it smells weird, but it's good luck. It's a good luck charm. Then later that day, Guy is back from Romans, and the phone rings. Guy answers it, and you hear him from the other room being like, what? Oh, my God. Oh, my God, that's horrible. Oh, well, thank you for letting me know. And Rosemary comes in like, what? What happened? And he says the guy that got the part that I was up for woke up blind this morning and so now I have the part oh my god that's insane does that happen to people I hope not I don't need to add that to the list of things to be totally freaked (laughs) out about about. yeah no thank you just wake up and you're completely blind no thank you 
I feel like there was some suspicious activity that might have happened surrounding this blindness. There certainly could be. There could be from maybe a male witch. <laughs> oh. <laughs> a certain male witch, maybe. <laughs> um, in this time also, I think Rosemary's feeling a little neglected. She's wanting to, to start trying to have a baby. And Guy's kind of out of the house a lot. Now he's at Roman's house and he's just, she she's not feeling like a priority. So she goes over to to Hutch to see Hutch, her friend Hutch, who is kind of her own Aww, only yeah. other um, close friend. And she's chatting with him and just tells him that, you know, she's, he's so preoccupied. Guy is so preoccupied. She starts crying to him. She's stressed. We see that she is stressed. And then they go for a little walk and Hutch says, you didn't tell me there was another suicide at this building. Like, I'm telling you, this building is crazy. And she is like, oh, well, it was she was she was an addict. And, you know, the cast of vets rehabilitated her. And he says, like, guess they didn't rehabilitate her successfully. And then we go back to um, she gets home and Guy has a big bouquet of flowers and he's like let's make a baby let's do it i'm so sorry i've been not here for you and i've been so focused on work and my new weird friendship (laughs) i've been absent and i'm sorry and he says look i even did the math and he like goes to the calendar and he's like i know that like this is your like fertile window basically and she's like she thinks it's so sweet so they have a big romantic date night. They light the fireplace. They cook dinner. They've got their cocktails. And then as they're about to have their dinner or finishing up their dinner, there's a buzz. You hear the buzzer and you hear Minnie on the other side of the door like, hello. Um, guy is like, come on, not tonight. Gets up, goes to get it. And you hear them kind of talking. You don't hear what they're saying. We stay with Rosemary and she's like, not tonight. Don't let them in. Don't let them in. Like, please. And then you hear that. She's like, okay, bye. Like, see you later. And guy closes the door. She's like, phew, a big phew moment. (laughs) (laughs) And he comes back with two chocolate mousse cakes. And Uh he's like, oh, she just brought us some dessert. And so they, they start eating the dessert. And Rosemary says, kind of tastes weird there's an undertaste and he's like shoveling his down he's like there's no undertaste what are you talking about it's like it's so undertaste she says undertaste that's a fun term i wrote it down because there's an undertaste so guy is like completely bewitched if you will at this point i'd say it's seeming like it anyway perhaps um so rosemary's kind of refusing to eat hers and then guy's starting to get pissed off about it He's like, oh, you're like too good for the the moose that they made. A very weird fight to pick. Yeah, it's like he's yeah. picking a fight, and I think she is like, okay, I guess I'll make this concession to not ruin this evening. So he get she asks him to to I don't know go get another bottle of wine or something. So he leaves the table and she dumps the moose in her napkin to make it look like she's eaten it all. She's just she's had some of it. But yeah, so she dumps the rest. He gets back. He sees that it's empty. And he's like, oh, you're like, 
thanks for eating it. Like he's really happy that <laughs> happy that she ate it. Thanks for thing. eating it. <laughs> so then they're kind of cleaning up, getting ready for bed. They want to have sex. They want to make a baby. And as she's cleaning, she starts kind of stumble stumbling around, and she's looking confused. And and guy looks at her. He's like, "Are you okay?" And she kind of trips and like hits the wall like she is not sober, like she's looking fucked up. And so he scoops her up and takes her to the bed and he's like, oh, my God, like, I guess you can't have cocktails and wine. It's like got to be one or the other. Like, you're pretty drunk. And she's like confused, doesn't know what's happening. She's like, but we still had to have sex. Like, we had to have the... We gotta make the baby, and he's like, "Oh, it's okay. Like we can do it tomorrow." Like, and then she's kind of dipping in and out of consciousness. We're getting like some of the we see some of the dream from before happening, and then some of a new dream, and then she goes like full dreaming, and it's she's on a yacht with a bunch of people, and then someone takes her clothes off, or she's all of a sudden naked. And then she's led below deck and there's a ton of naked people, including her husband, including the cast of And then just like all these other old people kind of gathered around the bed. She gets laid down onto the bed naked. They paint on her body um, with red markings. Um, then this creepy motherfucker <laughs> comes out and he looks like <laughs> he looks actually like old greg i don't know if you guys have seen the sketch old greg from mighty boosh but he's l- l- like a sea monster <laughs> but he's supposed to look very scary but i just thought he looked like old greg but he basically is like scaly <laughs> and has like long sharp fingernails and he runs and oh the important thing is he has yellow eyes with like cat pupils like vertical pupils he kind of starts running his his like little claws along her scratching her um everyone's kind of chanting uh she doesn't know what's going on she's kind of saying some gibberishy type things like she's trying to talk about the moose that she ate but she's instead saying mice like I got bit by a mouse I got bit by a mouse like she's kind of saying the wrong thing doesn't know what's happening um and then as um he's like penetrating her she like kind of her eyes open really wide and she's like this isn't a dream this is happening for real and then blacks out and wakes up the next morning and she's like okay I guess it was a dream wakes up next to guy he gets out of bed and then as she's getting up she sees she has scratches all over her body and and before she even says anything guys like I already cut my nails I already cut my nails like don't be mad and she says did we have sex and he says he says yeah I didn't want to miss the window. And she was like, but I was passed out. And he's like, yeah, it was kind of hot. Ew, what the fuck? He says in a necrophilia type way. It's a literal line out of his mouth. Uh, He says the word necrophilia. uh, 
That's crazy that that's that he could get away with saying that. Right. Ever. And she says, I dreamed someone was raping me like a monster, like a monster was raping me. And he's like, gee, thanks. Like, it was just me, your husband raping you. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a, so Jeez, offensive to him. Great compliment, honey. <laughs> and yeah, he says, you know, yeah, I didn't want to miss the fertile window. And I was drunk, too. Give me a break. Pretty cool. Oof. Um, but her kind of confusion and anger is quickly um, erased by she's pregnant and she's so excited Ooh. about being pregnant that she kind of forgets about all that. Guy is really excited and says, we got to tell Minnie and Roman. And she's like, right away, like usually you wait to tell people, right? And he's like, oh, I know, but they know that we're trying and they'd be so excited. So she's like, okay, yeah, okay, you can tell them. So he goes over there and then all three of them burst back in with a bottle of wine. They're like, congratulations, we're so happy for you. And Minnie says, who's your gynecologist? And she says, I'm going to a doctor named Dr. Hill. And Minnie says, oh, I, um, I, I, we're friends with a gynecologist named Dr. Saperstein. He is the absolute best. And Guy's like, oh, I've heard of him. He's like famous. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like amazing. And he's usually really, really expensive. But since we're close friends with him, we could maybe get you in and you wouldn't have to pay crazy rates. And she's like, oh, but what about Dr. Hill? Like, I don't want to. And Guy's like, don't worry about that. I'll tell Dr. Hill something like if we can get in with this guy, like he's literally the best. Like, let's do it. She's like, all right. So she makes an appointment and then goes to see Dr. Saperstein, who immediately tells her, rule number one, don't read any books. <laughs> okay. Okay. This guy is the best. <laughs> okay. Rule number two, don't talk to your friends. No two pregnancies are the same. Comparing with your friends is only going to stress you out. So don't read books. Don't talk to your friends. Wow. Stop taking the pills that Dr. Hill prescribed you. I'm going to give a recipe to Minnie and she'll make you a drink that you can drink each morning that'll have all the vitamins and minerals you need. The pills, pills are no good. We're going to do this all natural. Kind of lures her in with that. Oh, my God. Do you think people really fall for this even in the 60s? I guess so. I guess would I fall for this? I don't I don't know. I don't know. This Hard seems so crazy. It's very crazy, <laughs> but she's very excited. And guys... Just you wait. The gaslighting in this movie. <laughs> oh, no. I'm understanding more and more with each passing detail why, in particular, the history of this film maker made this <laughs> harder to watch. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so, okay. So she's met with her new gynecologist, Dr. Saperstein. And then uh, before she comes home, she gets her famous haircut. We know the Mia Farrow uh, real short. It's a great haircut. Cut. She looks amazing. By the way, amazing. Start to finish, she is amazing in this. Her first haircut was great. This haircut's great. Her bone structure is flawless. <laughs> it's just like flawless. Really, really um, captivated by her. She's fantastic. But so she gets this haircut, comes home, kind of showing it off to Guy. She's like, I went to Vidal Sassoon. <laughs> <laughs> she's proud of oh my god she's proud of it she likes it and guy immediately is like you look disgusting 
what? Oh my god. Also, when I was watching the trailer, I kind of assumed that her haircut was like insania. Like she was in- insane. And so she cut all her hair off. I thought her That's- hair was going to be like falling out. Mm, some yeah, or, or something like that. Yeah, happened. I mean, even though it's like a perfect haircut, I was like, her hair fell out to get this perfect haircut. <laughs> Not that it looks bad at all. It's more like it felt like the tone changed when her hair changed. Maybe it's an, I mean, it sounds like it's used sort of as an example for him to just like prove that he's an asshole. But when stuff like that happens, I often wonder is like, did Mia Fair just get a haircut? And they're like, oh, fuck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. She got a haircut. I'm sure there's an answer to this question. And I just don't Gotta know. It, so sorry. Sorry. Um, she's also starting to have a, a sharp pain in her stomach. And she's complaining to Guy. And Guy's like, oh, like, oh, my God, you better go to Dr. Saperstein, book another appointment, go in right away. So she goes into Dr. Saperstein and she says, she says, I'm, I'm having a lot of pain. I'm nervous that it might be an ectopic pregnancy. And he says, what did I tell you? Sounds like you've been reading books. Oh my God. He gets mad at her. And she says, oh, it was just right in front of me. And I just, I just (laughs) had to. Uh, My eyes just glanced at words (laughs) and my brain took them in. I didn't mean to. And he says, promise me you'll go home and throw that book right in the trash. What? Also, like, an ectopic pregnancy will kill you. Yeah, it's so so dangerous. bad. (laughs) Like, the least he could do is be like, no. Also, don't read books. No, he's like, he's like, see, all it did was stress you out. It's not an ectopic pregnancy. You're fine. The pain stressed her out. The pain is normal. It'll go away. So she's starting to kind of look not great. Her eyes are getting a little sunken. She's losing weight, not gaining weight. Um, she's really pale. She comes home and pulls a steak out of the fridge, a raw steak, and throws it in the frying pan for five seconds tops. She's just giving it a little and then she eats it. And then she calls Hutch to come over. Hutch comes over. He seems really concerned. He's like, how much weight have you lost? Like, and she's like, oh, well, I didn't tell you, but I'm pregnant. And he's like, pregnant women don't lose weight. Pregnant women gain weight. Like, this is crazy. Like, what, what do you mean? Are there, is there chemistry between them? Uh, no, Hutch is, is older. Hutch is probably in his 50s or 60s. Okay. So just as they're kind of sitting down to catch up, Roman knocks on the door and comes in and she invites him in. She's like, oh, my friend is here. You come in to meet him. And they sit down and she's wearing the the Tannis root good luck charm that they gave her. And Hutch is like, what is that? Um, Like, it has a smell. Like, what is that? And she's like, oh, it's Tannis root. Roman's sitting there kind of looking nervous. And he's like, oh, Tannis root. Yeah, like, have you not heard of it? And... <laughs> Hutch is like, no, I've never. Are you sure you don't mean anise? Like, I've never heard of that. And she's like, no, yeah, it's tannis. It's a, it's a good luck herb. And he's like, that's really weird. I've literally never heard of that. And and he's a man, so he's allowed to read books. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and so him and Roman are kind of butting heads a bit, kind of just having this like little little disagreements on things and Roman is looking displeased um, and then Guy comes home and Roman gets up to leave he's like alright I'll leave you three to catch up or whatever and then Hutch has to leave I guess and so Guy runs to go get his coat 
and like gets to the coat closet first and he's like, oh, this must be your coat. It's not my coat. So this must be your coat. And Hutch is like, yeah, thanks. I'm missing a glove, though, actually. Have you is my did you see my glove? And he's like, nope, no glove here. I don't know. And he's like, oh, I guess I must have left it Uh at work at, at work or whatever. Um, and he's I, somewhere in here. He's like, Rosemary, I'm going to look into this Tannis route and, you know, I'll... <laughs> oh, God, Hutch is not long for this world, is he? I'm scared. <laughs> um, and so that night, Rosemary's in bed. The phone rings and it's Hutch. And he says, I need to see you. Can we meet tomorrow at 11 a.m.? Hutch is not going to make that meeting. <laughs> I have something, I have something oh, really no. important I need to talk to you about. Oh, tell Say it on the phone. Say it on the phone. Say it on the phone. Don't wait. <laughs> um, so she's like, yeah, I'll see you at 11 a.m. tomorrow morning. No problem. Like, that's a guarantee. And I will see you. <laughs> and I know that it's true. So she goes to meet him she's sitting at their meeting spot which is like at the foot of a christmas tree so we've got we've got some indicator of like what time of year it is the baby by the way is due in june and he doesn't show up to their meeting so she gets she finds a phone booth and calls and gets his friend answering his phone and she says uh like i'm really sorry to tell you hutch is in a coma um i don't we don't know what happened um, but he's has something to do with that he's glove. not responsive and he's in a coma and rosemary is very distressed and still in pain every day and so this is kind of like time is passing we're seeing she's still in pain then we go to um a new year's eve celebration they're celebrating at the castavets and it's going to be 1966 and um you know she's just in a in a bad mood she's in a lot of pain but i guess this is just to show that time is passing and they're only hanging out with the cast of vets and like old people and so then after this new year's party rosemary's like let's have a party with young people nobody under 60 is allowed at this party and Guy is like, like, what? I'm drawing a hard line at 60. <laughs> Guy is like, what? Like, the Castavets would love to come. And she's like, I don't care. They're not invited. And they're not coming. So she starts kind of um, planning this party. And while she's like, I don't know, making the food or something, Minnie's like popping in being like, are you sure that I can't help you tonight? Um, by the way, this whole time... Minnie is making her these little drinks with all the herbs every single day that she's drinking. And so Minnie has like brought over the drink and she's like, well, at least drink your drink while I'm here. And she's like, no, 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 I'll drink it later. Don't worry. I'm like, I can't drink while I'm cooking. Like I need to focus on my cooking. I'll have it afterwards. And she's like, no, 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 drink it now. And she's like, I'll drink it later. Get out and like pushes her out. And so she leaves and then rosemary's alone and she pours out that drink yes okay 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 also sorry there's a part that i skipped i think it's at new year's eve after the party she goes home and eats raw liver and this is something that mia farrow did for real no poor mia farrow Mm -hmm. no and she did several takes no, I hate that. You know how I feel. 
about this. Oh, there's another actor rights thing coming up, Emily, that you're not going to like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So, okay. So now we're at her party that she's planned with her actual friends. Um, and they didn't even know she was pregnant. I guess she must be about three months pregnant at this point if it's just after New Year's and it's due in June. So she's like three to four months pregnant. And all her friends are there. They're having fun. They're like, oh, my God, congratulations. I can't believe you kept this a secret. We're all so happy for you. And then someone, it like once they get her alone in a room, is like, you look like not good. <laughs> and she's like, thank you for that like extreme understatement. Like, I feel like absolute shit. She starts crying. She's like, I'm in pain every day. I don't know what to do. And they're all like, what? Like, you're in pain every day? Like, what does your doctor say? And she says, he says it's normal. And they're like, no, 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 no. That is not normal. Guy tries to, like, come in and... Women supporting <laughs> women. You love to see it. <laughs> you love to see it. Um, but Guy tries to, like, insert himself. He, like, shoo them all out. And they're like, no, no, no. You get out. They lock, literally lock him out of the room. And he's, like, banging at the door, like, Rosemary, like, it's fine. It's fine. And they're like, you need to get a second opinion. Like, you should not be in pain every day. That's crazy. You also look like shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is not normal. Then everybody leaves that night at the end of the party. And she, like, says to Guy, she's, like, going to stand up to Guy. And she's saying, I'm going to go to it. I'm going to go back to Dr. Hill. I need a second opinion. And he's like, Dr. Saperstein is the most expensive doctor. What? You want me to pay for two? you to see two separate doctors? Like, absolutely not. And she's like, I don't care what you say. Like, I'm going to this doctor. And they're like in this big fight. And just as she's like, I'm fucking doing it and I don't care. The pain goes away. She's like, I don't I don't feel any pain. It stopped. The pain stopped. And then she feels the kicking and she says, come here, come here, come here. I can feel him kicking. And guy comes up and they have this really beautiful moment where she's like, oh, my God, thank God. The pain is the pain is over. And. Uh, and the baby is alive. And so then we get a fun montage where she's like, cool, back to normal, drinking her drinks every day. She's wearing her good luck charm. She's seeing Dr. Saperstein. She didn't need a second opinion. The baby's healthy and she's healthy. She's getting big and looking good. Now she's got her glow. She's looking healthy. And so then there's a there's a time jump, obviously, where now she's three weeks out of the due date. And She's got her little suitcase suitcase packed for the hospital. And as she's setting that by the door, like, ooh, I'm so excited. The baby's almost here. She gets a phone call. Hutch has died. And she says, oh, I feel so guilty. I didn't even think about him this whole time. Like, things have been so good. I didn't even think to go and visit him or anything. What? Which is, yeah, that's pretty rude. <laughs> that's really rude. Pretty rude. <laughs> she's like, oh, I forgot about my only friend. Oh my who's god, in a my coma. friend who's in a coma when he came was he supposed to meet me? And I went into a coma. <laughs> my friend who called me with important news went into a coma. <laughs> I forgot. Oh, I've just hate been, when that happens. I've just been so preoccupied for six months. I hate when that happens. Oh, I hate it. But she does find the time to go to his funeral. And uh, as they're all leaving the funeral, a woman pulls her aside and gives her a, a wrapped book. And she says, you know, Hutch left this with the people at the hospital. And he said, make sure that Rosemary gets this. 
Um, he was, he was, you know, not all there in the end. So I don't know if it makes sense, but he said to tell you that the name is an anagram. And she says the name of the book and the woman's like, I don't know. I don't know. He wasn't like totally coherent. That's just what he said. She gets home, opens the book, and it is called All of Them Witches. <laughs> it's a his- yeah. history of witchcraft type book. And um, it has... I figured out the anagram. No fucking way. You did? What is it? <laughs> I don't know, maybe. What is it? <laughs> maybe I did. I don't remember. <laughs> I want to know what you think. Me too. <laughs> What's it called? Ta- what is it? Tannis. Okay, this one I That one's Satan, right? Okay, yes. Okay, okay, okay. I wanted I was kind of thinking Who, for that, a second I was like, am I the biggest idiot in the world for thinking I could have figured that out? No, I thought you were unscrambled all of them witches in in 3 seconds because oh, it's God, the name no. of the book that is an anagram. Um, oh, but so, but oh, okay. But Tannis is also an anagram, okay, right? It, uh, the, I thought that too, but it's not. It's spelled T A N N I S. Damn. But yes, I thought the same thing at, at, at around this point. I was like, Tannis, Satan. Because it would, like, that's it. <laughs> seems like it. Yeah. Seems like it should be, right? All of them witches. Okay, give me a minute. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's <laughs> why I was so shocked. I was like, no fucking way. <laughs> Yeah, all this time I've been a mega genius. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so she pulls out some Scrabble tiles and starts kind of trying to rearrange them. Like, what is this? She is smart. She is smart. But it's all kind of not making sense. She kind of thumbs through the book first and looks at a few pages. There's some dog-eared pages there's some underlined stuff and we see the name that he had said earlier which is adrian mercado which is the person he said at the bramford hotel or the Mm. building that they lived in that like raised satan and it like says his son's name is i believe stephen mercado and that's underlined and the like dog-eared page is like which is like i don't know do this and that and so she's trying to unscramble all of them witches. She can't quite figure it out. None of it's making sense. And she then like kind of casts it aside and she's like, oh, you know, I guess he was just out of it at the end and it doesn't actually mean anything. And then she's like, well, hold on a second. And she looks, she pulls out the letters for Stephen Mercado. And because what what he had said was the name is an anagram. And so she's like, maybe not the name of the book, maybe the name that he underlined. So she starts kind of rearranging these letters and they rearrange to Roman Castavet. Oh, there it is. He is the one who raised Satan. Well, he is the son of the one that son raised Satan. Son of the guy that raised Satan. Yes. Yep, yep, So, yep. So Guy gets home, Rosemary's like, Roman is actually the son of this guy who is a Satanist and who raised Satan and they're all witches. They're witches. And Guy is, of course, like, okay, like, this is way too much stress for you and the baby. Like, what are you thinking? Like, you don't need to be like, give me the book. Let me take this away from you. Like, this is you need to just like take a nap, basically. (laughs) So she's like now suspicious of everyone around her 
She's suspicious of her husband? I think a little bit, yeah. She's starting to be okay. she's starting to be not sure. But so she is kind of dazed looking and goes to walk to another to a bookstore to go get another witchcraft book. She wants to learn more about what witches are all about. And while she's walking, she walks into traffic, New York traffic, like five lane traffic. All these cars like honk, like slamming on their brakes to not hit her. She's like super pregnant. This was unfortunately real. Roman Polanski had Mia Farrow just walk into New York City traffic and he said, no one will hit a pregnant woman. What? And he had to be the cameraman in this because everyone else refused to do it. Oh, my God. It's so crazy when I know we said we were really going to talk about this much <laughs> more for the rest of the episode. But when it's like, oh, this person who committed a terrible atrocity. Oh, yeah. They were awful. <laughs> they were, like, they oh, were guess bad. what? This person sucked. Like, not surprise. <laughs> like, Shocker. not out of character. In fact, completely within his character because he's a nightmare. Yeah. I'm, so yeah. very cool. Loving this narrative 100%. Yeah, I was very <laughs> upset to read that. Yikes. Um, but okay, so she she makes it to the bookstore. She buys some more witchcraft books. And she's kind of reading them. It's, you know, we're getting a few little passages here and there, like a group of witches is called a coven. And um, sometimes if they have an item from someone, they can curse someone with just one of their personal items. Like a glove. Yeah, like a glove. Exactly. And so she's really freaked out. And now she's convinced my neighbors are witches. They want my baby. They're going to sacrifice my baby. And so she's now like, okay, I got to go talk to my one and only confidant, Dr. Saperstein. No! no. Oh, no. why is she smart enough to put all this together, but then miss? That's how she found this doctor. <laughs> He's making the witch give her drinks. <laughs> I don't know. She hasn't quite put that part together yet, I guess. Oh. So she's like, she grabs her suitcase and she's like, I'm fucking leaving. And she goes in, she talks to the receptionist. She's like, I need to see the doctor. And she's like sitting in the lobby waiting. Then the receptionist says to her, mm, what's that smell? And she's like, oh, it's like a new perfume I'm wearing. And she says, oh, it's much better than the last thing, the last smell, the last perfume you had or whatever. And she's like, oh, that wasn't a perfume. That was a, a root. It was like a good luck charm, but I threw it away. Oh, sorry. In the when she's like, dazed walking across the street she throws throws away the necklace so she's like yeah no i threw that away she's like oof thank god that smelled really bad hopefully the doctor follows your lead and throws his away too and she's oh. like oh fuck <laughs> and she's yeah. like yes receptionist <laughs> yes and yeah. so then rosemary's like also what a crazy conversation to have to be like oh you used to smell bad but now you smell good anyway <laughs> Looks like you're very pregnant and probably sensitive. Glad you don't stink anymore. <laughs> oh, but thank God she did. No, but thank God. Oh, but thank God she's rude. Thank God she's rude. <laughs> um, so Rosemary runs downstairs with her suitcase and goes into a phone booth. And she has Dr. Hill's number. So she's like, I got to go to a different doctor. I'm calling Dr. Hill. She calls the receptionist answers. And she's like, I need to speak to Dr. Hill. I need to see him tonight. And she's like, oh, he's he's not even here. 
And she's like, well, call him and have him call me back right now. I'm in a phone booth. Here's the phone number. I need to speak to him literally right now. Like, it's an emergency. Have him call me right now. Uh, a lot of this movie, I was stressed about the lack of cell phones. What a different time. <laughs> <laughs> cell phones would definitely be useful. Google would also yeah. be useful in this moment. Yeah. But it makes for good tension building because everything is stressful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess nowadays in horror movies slash bad situations, it's like, well, your phone died. Yeah, true. You know? So there's also that. Mm-hmm. So she's now in the phone booth um, waiting, really panicking. She's really stressed. It's also really hot outside. So she's like dripping sweat, which I I liked that because I feel like usually in stressful things in most movies, it's raining and... I, or very cold. Yeah, or like, like really cold. And I kind of liked that it was like incredibly hot and she's just dripping with sweat. Um, So she's in this phone booth now, dripping with sweat, waiting for the phone to, to come back. A woman is now waiting to use the phone after her. So she like picks up the phone, pretend picks up to, and is like, oh, ha ha ha. Like what? Uh, ha ha ha. <laughs> like a fake conversation while holding down the receiver to in case it rings. And then it does ring. And... It's just the receptionist again. And she's like, did I get your name right? And she's like, yes, yes, yes. Just have him call me. Have him call me. Hangs it up um, again. Pretends to talk again. Calls back one more time. Now it's finally Dr. Hill. And she's like, Dr. Hill, um, my name is Rosemary. Um, I came in, you know, nine months ago. And he says like, oh, I thought you like moved to California. Your husband said you moved to California. She's like, no, no, no. Like he was lying. And um, my doctor is lying to me, too. And I just like desperately need a second opinion. Please, can you fit me in tonight? Like, I need to see you tonight. And as she's saying this, a like big man comes and stands in front of the phone booth door, like kind of blocking her exit. And she doesn't see it at first. Her back is to it. And Dr. Hill agrees. He's like, OK, OK, fine. Like, I'll meet you at my office at eight. She's like, okay, thank you so much. And as she turns around and sees the man, she's like super, super scared. And he kind of looks like Dr. Saperstein from behind. And then he turns around and it's just a friendly stranger. And he like gives her a big, nice smile and like moves out of the way for her to move out of the way. But like tensions are so high, <sighs> so high at this point that you're just so stressed about this guy outside of the phone booth. Men are so scary. <laughs> they really are the scariest things of all, aren't they? Like a man standing there and I, I truly was like, Oh, fuck. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, God. Worst case scenario. A man. A man. A man. (laughs) Run. A big man. (sighs) Okay, so she goes to Dr. Hill's office, and she just, like, word vomits everything in a really crazy way that obviously she looks crazy. Like, she's like, I found out that, like, my neighbors are witches and my husband, like, must have made some sort of deal with them to become a famous actor. And now he's, like, I guess a witch, too. And they want to sacrifice my baby to Satan. And obviously looks, like, completely insane. And Dr. Hill is kind of like, okay, okay. And she's like, I know I sound crazy. I know I sound crazy. Um, But, like, there's a plot against me. There's a plot against me and my baby. And like, sometimes there's plots against people, right? Like sometimes that happens. And I'm telling you like right now is one of those times. And he's kind of like, um, okay, I'm going to, you lay down and I'm going to like, I guess call the police or something. I don't know. (laughs) I can't remember what he says, but he's like, you lay down 
I'll come in and get you. I wish that had been what he said. <laughs> I guess I'll have lace or something. <laughs> like, what do you do in this situation? I don't know. Lay down. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So he like puts her in a little um, uh, room with a bed and he's like, just rest here for a bit. Like, I'll come get you. And she's feeling so relieved <laughs> and so happy. Oh, no. Uh, finally, I can, like, trust somebody. Oh, God. And then Dr. Hill opens the door, and in comes Dr. Saperstein and Guy. Oh, God. Oh, God. Um, They basically, like, grab her, and they're like, don't make a scene. I think they say, don't make a scene, or we'll call... Uh, basically the mental hospital and you'll like easily go to a mental asylum so just come with us and like don't make a big thing of it so she's kind of like in shock walking with them Mm. uh they take her back to the bramford building and um the like door guy like greets them and he's like oh nice to see you guys and she intentionally dumps the contents of her purse out on the ground so that all of them kind of lean to help her. And as they're all down, she darts to the elevator, gets in, closes it before them and goes up to her. They live on the seventh floor. So she gets up there first. She beats them all there, locks the door, like deadbolts them out, puts the chain on. They can't get in. She calls her friend. Her friend doesn't answer. But she leaves it's the babysitter answers and she's like, have her call me like as soon as she gets back. And the babysitter's like, "Okay, yeah, sure. And as she's on the phone with the babysitter, we see in the background two other mystery men tiptoeing in the background from like room in in her her apartment apartment, from from, another room. And so then she hangs up the phone and she's like kind of standing there like breathing freaking out and she hears the foot hears more footsteps and in walks her husband dr saperstein minnie roman like everybody is there and they're like honey or guys like honey honey like calm down it's okay also sorry a huge missed detail here she starts going into labor she starts feeling contractions (gasps) Oh, oh, God. God. oh, God. Oh, <laughs> God. So now she's having contractions. She is surrounded by all these people that she believes are witches. And they kind of pin her down. And Dr. Saperstein comes in with like a shot. He's like, just something to calm your nerves. Like, you're freaking out. Like, we need to to sedate you. Inject her with that. And she's like starting to lose consciousness. And as she loses consciousness... um. Dr. Saperstein feels her belly and is like, oh, my God, she's in labor now. And like, we need to like prepare for delivery. And so she's like losing consciousness. And she's like, no, like it wasn't supposed to be like this. It wasn't supposed to be like this. And she's saying, like, I'm sorry to my to my baby. Like, I'm so sorry. This is not how I wanted it to be. This is not how I wanted it to be. And then she loses consciousness. Oh, no, that's awful. Oh, God. A true nightmare. I hate this. So she wakes up uh, the next morning. It's daytime. Guy is at the foot of the bed, smiling at her. And she says, what happened? Like, is everything okay? Is the baby okay? And he says, the baby's fine. He's healthy. It's a boy. 
she is super, super out of it, still like drugged, kind of dipping in and out, being like, okay, that's good, that's good. And then kind of immediately falls back asleep, wakes back up a while later. There's a different person there, the woman that was like knitting at her house in her house earlier, one of Minnie's friends. And she says like, where is my baby? Like, I haven't seen my baby yet. Yeah, where's my baby? Uh, the woman's like, okay, let me go find Dr. Saperstein. Like, I'll bring him back in here. Um, hold on. And goes and gets Dr. Saperstein. Dr. Saperstein comes in with Guy. And Dr. Saperstein says there was a complication and the baby is dead. And oh, she course, course. freaks out and she's screaming, Ugh. You're witches! You're lying! You're lying! You're all witches! So they sedate her again. Oh my god. And now she's kind of, we're like, there's a few back and forth of her waking up. They're waking up and feeding her. She's getting like a little tray with a pill, food, and a breast pump so she can pump her breast milk and, and dump it into a cup. Um, and so they then take the, the, tray when she's done and she's kind of we see her go through this a few times she's obviously devastated and is kind of just numb kind of taking her pill pumping her breast milk eating her food going back to sleep jesus <laughs> that is bleak. awful um <laughs> and then one day in this cycle she hears a baby crying from another room and she's like gets up and she's like there's a and then another one of the like old women comes in a different woman with a tr her tray and she's like what are you doing up and she's like can you hear that baby crying and the woman's like i don't hear anything like oh. what are you talking about gaslighting all over the place <laughs> it's off the charts it's off the charts um but so then she's like okay she gets back into bed she gives gives her the tray um she's like take your pill and she grabs the pill and then while the lady's not looking she puts it into a little thing in the corner she stashes it she's not taking that pill time goes by and we see that she has now stashed quite a few pills and it's now back to the the knitting woman at her side and she asks her what do you do with the breast milk and she says we just dump it and she's like oh okay and then as she's taking her tray she's like oh wait wait a second and she has her dirty dish that wasn't on the tray, so she puts her dirty spoon in the breast milk, and the woman goes, no, 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 don't do that. And she's like, why not? And she's like, it's just a little messy is all. I don't know. It's just a little messy. <gasps> they are feeding that goddamn baby in a different room. Her husband is like not here for any of this, by the way. There's like one moment where he's by her bed, and he's like smiling and happy, and he's like, we'll try again. Like, don't worry, it's going to be fine. So, okay, so now she's alone and she gets up. She, so the closet that was, had the wardrobe in front of it in the beginning of the movie is the way that their houses used to be connected. So the neighbor's house, <gasps> basically a hallway Ooh. into their house. So she kind of pries it. Into Minnie's house. To Minnie's Minnie house, and Minnie and Roman's mm. house, yes. And so she kind of pries it open. She grabs a huge knife. Fuck yeah. And she goes in to see what's up. Walks in. Here, as she's walking in, she's hearing all this chattering. There's a lot of people here. And walks in and everybody's there. 
and they're all gathered including her husband including her husband and they're all gathered around a big black bassinet like a real real spooky looking bassinet is that what they're called like, like a, a, cr- like a, a devil cr- baby would exactly, live in that's exactly right like a like a steampunk bassinet mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and she slowly walks in. They all kind of start noticing her and they're all like, oh, fuck. They don't know what to do. And she approaches the bassinet, pulls back the little curtain of the crib and looks in and just starts screaming and says, what did you do to his eyes? (gasps) And Roman says he has his father's eyes. And and, they, and she says, guys, eyes are normal. What are you talking about? These are like reptile eyes. He says, guys, not his father. Satan is his father. <laughs> he just says it. He just comes out and says it. That's right. <laughs> no more gaslighting for you, lady. You're well, just getting it straight the now. The jig is up. You had Satan's baby and we stole him from you. <laughs> um, Roman kind of stands up and says... His name is Adrian, and he is the the prophesized one. He will seek revenge for all of us. The son, like Satan, came up from below and had one son who will fulfill the prophecy. Praise Adrian. Hail Satan. And then everyone starts chanting, Hail Satan. And she's like, I fucking knew it. Like, you're all witches. (laughs) I was right. And so she, she kind of like collapses onto a chair in shock guy kneels down next to her and he's like honey if you had had a baby and lost it like what would be different from like that would be a normal thing that happens to people and what's really all that different from what's happening now like that's kind of (gasps) honestly what's the difference (laughs) you tell me he says it's the same honey you tell me what the difference (laughs) is because i'm not seeing it and he says and and it's pretty much the same and look how much we get in return. And she spits in his face, which I like. Okay, good, good. <laughs> what do they get in return? He has he's, a fancy yeah, job? He's, got, he's had his big break, I guess, as an actor. They were already rich. They already had a very nice life. Um, Roman comes up to her afterwards and is kind of like, you know, this is done and this is this is what it is, basically. And he's like, you can either get on board with it or not. What a crazy thing to say to the mother of Satan's child. (laughs) And she's like shaking and scared and knitting lady. The baby is like really crying now at this point. Have we seen the baby or just her? No, we don't see the baby. Um, As the baby's crying, we look over and the knitting lady is rocking the crib like so fast and crazy. Like, like bounce, bounce, bounce. Like, it's like insane. (laughs) Oh, God. And... I hate this. Roman says, like, they're too they're too old. They like don't know what they're doing. Like the baby needs his mother. So she like slowly walks up and she's like, You're rocking him too fast. You're rocking him too fast. That's why he's crying. And she's like, Stay back. Because they obviously don't trust her around the baby because she's not a Satanist. <laughs> she's not a witch. She's not a fan of what's happened here. Um but Roman is like, no, like let her let her do it. Rosemary walks up, starts kind of normal, rocking the crib like a normal human person would, slowly. <laughs> I love that the rationale there is like, that lady's too old. She just doesn't know. She rocks the baby really fast. <laughs> they do say that she, they're too old. <laughs> She's too old. She doesn't know. Um, and then Rosemary kind of looks hatefully at Roman and says, you're trying to get me to be his mother. 
And Roman says, aren't you his mother? And then baby stops crying and we see her looking at it and kind of slowly have an affectionate smile. And that's the end of the movie. (gasps) Okay, so is the implication here that she on her own became um, like moved by this organization and her own baby? You know what I mean? Like, or was she slipped some drug at some point? I think it's more just like maybe motherhood, just like kind of the the power of this. Such a powerful, like the 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 connection you would have to your baby, kind of whether or not it was the son of Satan. Um. Yeah, I was real ready for her to kill that baby. I was like, yeah, yeah. I thought she was gonna stab it with the I big was like, knife. Ring that baby's neck. That would have been on- honestly amazing. They probably wouldn't have. They probably wouldn't have um, released that movie though in 1968 or probably whenever this was. Not. That's, That's a good point. So is Rosemary's Baby Two any good? <laughs> I don't know. I I'd love to see it. It does exist. It <laughs> the toddler years. <laughs> oh, uh, some things that I wanted to circle back to that i wrote down the due date was in june 1966 which is 666 kind of fun and the first dream that rosemary has i only got this today when i was re going back over it to take notes where she's hearing minnie's voice through the nun's mouth what she's saying is i told you not to tell her beforehand i knew she wasn't gonna want to do it and it's right after Terry commits suicide. Mm. I think they had proposed this to her mm. right before. And Terry decided to kill herself instead of be the mother of the son of Satan. <laughs> so the idea is that Terry was their first hope. And then yeah. this young couple moved yep. in and they're like, oh, OK. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think there's probably a lot of other like kind of fun little clues and stuff that maybe i didn't catch the first round it is now that i've heard about this movie and i know the details it is more deeply infuriating that the director was a person who then went on to very successfully gaslight women and like the media Mm -hmm. and humans in general yeah pro gaslighter made a movie that was about how the you should believe women (laughs) the biggest gaslight of all Mm. that's such that's very confusing (laughs) i'm confused yeah yeah what do you think sammy um aside from from all that uh like scary wise like i was just very riveted by the by the plot and i I mean scared at at moments for sure especially you know by all the men but (laughs) is it scary to what like could i watch it do you think i think you could it's interesting because it's I think more just infuriating, just the gaslighting that's going on. Truly, after a certain point, everything out of everyone's mouth is a lie. And it's like so infuriating and so stressful. But there's no there's no jump scares. There's no blood, really. When Terry dies, you see her her dead body. That's I think it. Uh, There's no gore. The scariest scene sounds like the rape scene. Yes, I'd say that is definitely the scariest scene. It's more, yeah, it's more more of a psychological thriller, psychological horror, I guess, because it is like fucking horrifying, but it's mm-hmm. different. But yeah, it sucks that there's not more movies that kind of delve into this topic. And just like motherhood in general. I feel like that's a right. Birth is so scary. 
It's, it's so terrifying. scary. It's insane. It's so scary. I can't believe that women and do it. Super, super traumatizing. And yeah, it's like very rarely depicted that way. Like it's always like, ooh. Like it, I feel like the most we see births is in comedies where it's like ah, and like <laughs> like throwing things at your husband and shit. And it's like, ha ha birth but it's like no it's like fucking scary (laughs) well it's crazy because it's so ubiquitous but it's also so traumatizing it's this horrible thing that happens but it happens to everyone so what's there to even say about it yeah that's true um (laughs) boy oh boy Um, are there any good voices we can do to say goodbye well what did we learn I learned it is very important when you are pregnant to get a second opinion about everything yeah that's a good one Get a second goddamn opinion. Get a second opinion. And also have more friends than one old man named Hutch. Yeah, I learned definitely share share with the women in your life. I think our lesson from um, 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 Halloween kind of ties in here too. Always be paranoid. <laughs> yeah, always be stressed and never be horny. Never be horny. Always be stressed. <laughs> that one really is universal, isn't it? <laughs> it's universal. It can apply to everything. Save everyone a lot of grief. Um, no, I don't think there's any voices, so a regular goodbye will have to suffice. Uh, so from all of us here, dear listeners, thank you for joining us on this complicated journey. If you're a man and I offended you, I'm sorry, but also maybe just think, just think, just have a think. (laughs) Think about it. Just have a think. (laughs) I think think we should, I think we should all have a think. And on that note, we do love you. And... Goodbye. 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 Hi, everyone. Emily here. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you are liking the show, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. You can follow us on social media at TSDW Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Stardust. And we can't wait to talk to you guys next week. We love you all. Um, Ruth, my guide, I love you the most and hope everybody stays safe and healthy. And we will talk to you later. Goodbye.